0: The following audio is from Summit Worship Center, pastored by Eric and Andrea Moore. For more information, please visit www.summitworshipcenter.org. All right, so here in John 1, I know um, uh, we're here in John 1, and we're starting a series here today on meditation. On meditation. Uh, meditation is a gift given to us by God. It is a spiritual discipline that um, I think that as a believer in God we neglect because sometimes we we don't really understand the the concept of med- meditation and the power that's behind meditation. I remember growing up, I used to be afraid of meditation because what I thought meditation was, I, I wasn't I wasn't trying to be a part of that. Like I, I, I watched What's love got to do with it, and I saw Tina Turner. You know meditating and saying some things that I was like, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not cool with that. But if you look throughout scripture, God is always encouraging and speaking to his people about the power behind meditation. I give you a verse that you can look at later, John Joshua 1 8. God is speaking to Joshua and telling him about how Moses, my servant, is dead. And look, you have this great call in your life to take this children of Israel into the promised land. But he gives them uh, a formula of how to succeed and to prosper. It says, keep this book always on your lips. Here we go. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. So could it be the key for us to obey and walk out the word of God? Because I believe all of us really do have the intention of wanting to obey God. But we could be missing out on that piece that enables us to walk it out, which is meditating on the word day and night. He says meditate on the word day and night so that you would do everything that's written in it. Check this out because I know you'll love this. Then you will be prosperous. Prosperous and successful. That those things, because we want to prosper in every area of our life, spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, we want to succeed, is tied to our ability to meditate on the word day and night. So for this month, we're going to focus on meditating, chewing on the word of God. And the passage of scripture that I'm asking us all to meditate and chew on and read and chew on and read is John 1 verses 1 through 18. John 1 verses 1 through 18. Now when I looked up the definition for meditation it's this. Christian meditation is the process or spiritual discipline of deliberately focusing on specific thoughts such as Bible passages and reflecting on their meaning in the context of the love of God. So now how do we do that? What are some practical things that we can do? When we're reading this word, right? Number one is we need to pray. Like we need to come to God with, the, with a humble heart knowing that we don't know it all. I don't know how much you've been in church. I don't know how much scriptures you got and, and how much, you know, all, you don't know it all. And God opposes the proud But he gives grace to the humble. So when we come with a humble heart in prayer, we ask ourselves, how can I use this scripture to pray for myself, but also others to pray for my family, to pray for my children, to pray for my enemies, to pray for my my future boo, who God is preparing for or preparing me for or he's preparing for me to pray these things. Number two is that as you're getting in the word, that God will give you a gift of repentance. So when he points to certain things that were, you know, what sin or area of disobedience does this scripture call to mind of which I need to repent, to change my way of thinking comes through meditating on the word of God. So we got prayer, we got repentance, but then we got obedience. Does this scripture point out decisions I need to make? Directions I need to follow. Commandments I need to obey so that your way will be prosperous and successful. Right. So prayer, repentance, obedience. But then the next thing is believing. And now when we're talking about believing, we're not talking about just a head knowledge. We're talking about a conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit that you are convinced that this is the truth. Right. What does this? What does this scripture teach us about the God's character, his nature or his ways about the nature of man, the way of salvation? Now, in this meditating, you pray, you repent, you obey, you believe. When God downloads you with this revelation, something should bubble up out of you. There should be some kind of expression, some form of worship, right? Because God is giving you a glimpse of his glory. So you should be in awe of this revelation. So it should bring about uh, uh, an expression. So how can I be in the presence of God and stay the same? How can I be in the presence of God and don't lift my hands or cry or laugh or just be joyful In what ways does this scripture prompt praise or thanksgiving? So I'm asking for the whole month, for us as a church, do you read, you know, read other Bible that you want to read? But I'm asking for us to meditate on John 1, verses 1 through 18, and come with the spirit of expectancy. Expect God to speak. Well, what can I do? What are practical ways that I can come with a pen and paper? Come ready for God to speak, for you to write down stuff, for you to pray through, for you to chew on, because there's something in these verses that God is wanting to reveal to us so that we can be that all that God has called us to be. Amen? So here, starting out in John, John is, we're going to start today, we're going to look at John 1, verses 1 through 5. And he's given us the opening credits, giving us something that's Very important, but I wonder if we have a revelation of. We have a revelation of church. We have a revelation of religion, but do we have a revelation of the word? Because John starts out here in one, he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things, everyone shout out all things. All things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. For in him, the Word was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. I want to talk here a little bit today about the introduction. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Speak through me even now. Let your word fall on fertile ground in Jesus' name. Everybody said. amen. The introduction. The introduction. You know, one of my hobbies in life is I love to go to the movies. I'm a movie. Anybody a movie person, you love to go to movies? I love to go to the movies. And, I, and if we ever decide to go to the movies, What will will get me to have to wrestle my flesh? It's for me to be late to a movie. Look to the left or to the right? Don't look to the left or right. Look straight ahead. Don't, don't. I can't stand. I can't stand family. 11:30. I'm trying to tell you, I cannot stand being late to a movie. I like to get there about 20 minutes earlier because I want to go ahead and get my popcorn, get all my. See, I got my family with me here. I got see. I I know I'm in the right crowd. Right. I I like to get my stuff and then I like to sit down because I want to get me a good seat. Well, where it is now you can shoot, you can reserve your seat. But I want to get my stuff, sit down, get comfortable. and, And then I want to I want to watch the previews because I got to know what's coming so I can go ahead and put it on my calendar. Like Black Widow is coming. You know what I'm saying? I got to put it down. But what really gets me about being late to a movie is that the director has laid out the plan for this movie. And if I miss the opening credits and the introduction, I'm missing out on key pieces. Missing out on key pieces that will cause me to miss out on the totality of the movie. So much so that even when I don't get a chance to see it all, I leave unfulfilled because I'm missing some pieces. And then what really gets me when I'm late, because I can't really enjoy it, because we're late, what ends up happening is somebody's asking a whole bunch of questions. (laughs) What did I miss and what happened? Oh, y'all must got some people, y'all. <laughs> because I missed out on the introduction. And I wonder sometimes in that same story, if that is the same way with our relationship with Jesus. We we know about the Easter story. We know about all these different things, but. In our foundation of our knowledge and our relationship with Jesus, have we missed out on the revelation of the totality of who Jesus is? Because Jesus is not just my homeboy. He's my friend. And really, if I would even say this, he's not even my homeboy. Because homeboy speaks on a peer level. He's not my peer. But when when you missed out on the introduction, you'll lower the standard of who Jesus really is because you'll go by what the culture says that Jesus is. Jesus is not my homeboy and Jesus is not just the genie in a bottle. He's not somebody that I just go to when he's in trouble because he he he's uh, uh, he's he's greater than that. He's he's bigger than that. and 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 here today, I'm wondering if the reason why we're saying it is because we've missed out on the introduction. So John here is wanting us to understand who Jesus is. And he starts out by telling us in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And so what he's letting us know and introducing to us here today is that Jesus has an excellent status. He 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 has an excellent status. He he has a status. I, I remember some of, you know, uh, for a little bit, I had the privilege of traveling with this guy by the name of Kirk Franklin. And I remember when I first started out traveling with Kirk Franklin, I would take my bags up to the counter. And because I was a rookie in flying, I had to pay for my luggage. And then my seat would normally be in the back of the plane because I had a low status. And you know, you walk by and you, I always wanted this. (laughs) Why do they let the first class people go on first and then you got to walk through the first class people and they're looking at you like, go go back to the back. Your section is back there. Yeah, y'all laughing because some of y'all been the people that's sitting in the first class, right? But the interesting thing happened is, the interesting thing, let me tell you what happened. As I, because I traveled with him for 11 years, Eleven years I traveled and had the privilege of of serving his ministry. So guess what happened? Because of the flights, my status began to change. Now I went from not having status to silver status to gold status to platinum. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Well, you walk up to him, they say you call you by. Hello, Mr. Moore. Don't have to pay anything for my baggage and all those different things. Why? Because my status has changed so much so that even when I come and if there's an open seat in first class, they don't they call Mr. Moore. Will you please come to the table? You come to the table and they say, hey, we have an open seat. Do you want to sit in first class? Now, the very person who was like having to walk by and looking at people with the stank face. Now I'm sitting in first class like, woo! this is it. This is big time. And it's so much so that the status is so high that they close the curtain to separate the coach class from first class. Why am I laughing and why are we joking around this? Because sometimes I wonder if we put Jesus in coach. John is wanting us to know that his status is not average. His status is not sitting in the back of the plane. His status is above all. He says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This word, this logos, the logos word of God. The very word that encapsulate that, the, the fulfillment of who God is, the revelation of his character. That's where we get our English word log, logic from, the logos, the spoken word of God. John is saying this word is supreme. He sits high. It's above all others in power, in status, and in authority. He says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So in the beginning was the word, that means he existed before the beginning ever began. And if he existed before the beginning ever began, whatever came after the, the beginning, he's not bound by. See, I'm trying to tell you, you've been you've been looking at Jesus as he's average. He ain't He's not some average. He's he's above all. He's not bound by time. He's not bound by nature. He's not bound by gravity. He's not bound by your fears. He's not bound by rejection. He's not bound by shame. He's not bound by sickness. He's not bound by disease. Why? Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's why when they're on the on the boat and they say to your storm that's going on, and he speaks to the winds and he says, Peace be still. Why? Because the word spoke, the creator spoke to creation. And when creates the creator speaks, the creation has to obey. In the beginning was the word, and the word is with God, and the word was God, because he has the highest status. Was the word in the beginning, was the word and the word was with God. The word with is pros and it speaks to an intimate relationship. The word was distinguished from God the Father. (laughs) But at the same time, one with the Father. So you got to know this because there's a there's a there's a a a fault that says that God revealed himself as the Father. Then the same God was no longer the Father but he chose to reveal himself completely as the Son. And then in another time he stopped revealing himself as the Son and now he just reveals himself as the Spirit. Which is totally False. Why? How can we go there? Go and look at Jesus' baptism. When Jesus was baptized, it says Jesus, the Son of God, comes, right? He gets dipped, immersed, not sprinkled, immersed in the water. He comes up out of the water. When he comes, the Son comes up out of the water. What happens? The heavens open, and a voice comes out. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then the spirit. You got to know your Bible. The spirit descended upon the son of God. Why? Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I feel like preaching here today. I may shout a little bit. I, I feel like preaching here today. Why? Because God's word is the thing that will change your situation. There's power in the word because the word has the status that is above all else. And John wants you to know that. Don't build a gospel that's not built upon the revelation of the word. Don't build it off good preaching. Build it on the revelation of the word. Don't build it off a good worship team, but build it on the word. Don't build it upon who you like and who you don't dislike and all that. But build it on the revelation that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was. So um, the word was with God and was God at the same time. He, he, he's not just homeboy. He's not just a good teacher. But, but he's God, the Trinity, the triune God. Genesis, when he creates man, it says, let us make man in our own image, the triune God, the three in one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the beginning was the Logos word. The beginning was the word, and the word was with God. They're in concert with one another, intimate with one another, not in the intimate that we think about when we think intimacy, but this love relationship that they are always in community, they're always in concert with one another, they're always flowing together. That's why it jacked Jesus up so much when he was on the cross when he had to bear our sin because his sin, our sin, broke the fellowship with the Father that he had never experienced throughout all eternity. So that's why he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? Because now I'm starting to feel the effect of sin, and I've never felt it throughout all of time. <laughs> my God! Sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. This thing good to my soul because what my soul needs is the revelation of the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So then I got to ask myself. What is Jesus' status in my life? You know, on Facebook, you got, they have a little status part, right? Am I single? Am I married? All those different things. what say? It's complicated? Yeah, all that. Yeah. When people look at my life, what do I tell them? Jesus' status is in my life. John says, "No, no. Understand. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all Jesus know about, and what He will ever be, is God. He can't be your side piece. He can't be your genie in the bottle." He has to be who he is, which is God all by himself. I am God and I change not. I don't change no matter what culture say, no matter what the baby say, no matter what TikTok say, no matter what everybody else tries to say. I'm going to tell you who I am because I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Why is this important? Because if I don't know his status, I won't walk in his authority. Because I won't, I won't understand his authority. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the logos, the spoken word, the manifestation of the character of God is God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse three says this. All things. All. Things came into being through him. So now let me, let, let's, let's talk through that. Let's talk through that because some of you are going to say, well, well, are you saying that sickness? Are you saying that bad things came through him? That's why we don't know the character of God. Because what comes out of him is never bad. Bad things didn't come until sin came into the world. All things. Matter of fact, when he created everything he created, he looked at and he was proud of himself and he said, "Mm, that's good. So guess what? When I when I pull up my selfie and I look at myself, I hear the father speaking to me and say, "Mm, that's my creation that's good some of you need to do that Y'all, some, of you, some of you need to instead of taking pictures and putting all these filters on it and trying to put it on, on social media to get likes you need to look at yourself and you need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak over you what the Father has said that you are good and you are made in the image and the likeness of God this third service I'm going for blood dude. I'm going for blood Why is this important? Because John is wanting us to know, is wanting to introduce to us that the word has status because he is God. He sits in a place all by himself. But not only is this word is God, was God, but now he puts a personal aspect on it. He was in the beginning with God. And through him, all things that are good Came into being through him. So if I want anything good. I got to make sure that it comes through him. Woo-hoo! You need to hear me this morning. You want that relationship to be good. You got to make sure that relationship has been built through him. You want your finances to prosper and be successful. You need to make sure your process, your finances, go through Him. Whatever it is that you want to prosper and to succeed, you need to make sure that it comes through Jesus. All things came, <laughs> came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being. Let me go to this other verse, Colossians 1 16 and 17 says this, kind of goes with that. For by him all things were created. I need you to get this now, because we're going somewhere. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Let's go to that first line. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. So that means outside of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the natural and in the spirit, we're all created beings. So if they're created beings, the creator always trumps. That's like, I like playing spades. Do I have any spades players in here? Now the thing about spades is this, you have hearts, you have diamonds, you have clubs, and then you have spades. And the thing about it is this, the highest thing that trumps it all, spades. But nothing can trump the big joker. If you play Joker, Joker, Deuce, Ace, or just some of y'all like Joker, Joker, Deuce, Ace, I'm just, I'm just flowing right now, I'm just, I'm just flowing, just flowing, or if you go Deuce, Ace, or if you just go Ace, King, Queen, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, The sad thing is this, is playing with people who don't really know the game. How do you know, how do you know that they don't know how to play the game? Focus, y'all, focus. They don't know how to play the game because they don't understand the strategy and they don't know the authority of power. What scripture here is telling us is that the word, Jesus, all things invisible and visible cannot trump the authority that is in the word of God. Why am I saying this? Because sometimes we treat the enemy as if he's God. We're afraid of the future. Instead of knowing that even the, the created one has to bow its knee to the authority of the creator. The Bible says this, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers of authority, all things have been created through him. and forth. It makes sense now. It makes sense that when Jesus will come up on the scene, that people will start manifesting. And even if you read the word, the demons will say, the demons. Jesus never had to say, hey man, what's my name? He never had to come up and say, What's my name? See, that's the, you need to learn from that. Instead of you trying to, to, uh, you know, trying to push out and make people follow you or make people respect you, if you know who you are, they'll respect you because they'll know the authority and the grace that's on your life. Jesus comes onto the scene and every demonic force tells everyone else who they know that he is. What business do we have with one another? Jesus, son of Nazareth. It was so much that Jesus had to tell them to be quiet because he didn't want them to get the revelation from the enemy. He wanted them to get the revelation from the father that comes down from above. This is why you need to know the word because what will change that junk up out of your house is not trying to get a good uh good good quick fix scheme but it's when you know the word and you're able to speak the word over your finances you speak the word over your situation you speak the word over your marriage you speak the word over your children you speak the word over your job whenever you speak the word whatever goes on the the creation always has to bow its knee to the creator but if I don't know his authority then I'm like that person playing spades who has a handful of spades and don't know how to use them. Here it is, you have the authority. If you're a child of God, Jesus says, I've already given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So that means when situations come, you have the you have the greatest weapon to change the atmosphere in your situation, but you don't use it. Because Jesus is the word, and all things came into being through him. Gosh. Last point. Y'all good? Okay. Well, it's okay. All right. I'm trying to be obedient. Last part says this. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Here it is that the word, the son of God, the revelation of who Jesus is, the status The authority. He has the right to execute power. The demonic force has no authority over the son of God. Bible tells us that every knee, be it on earth and under the earth, must bow its knee to the authority of who Jesus is. That's the revelation. Do you have that kind of revelation of the word? Or do you just know church? Do you just know church? But do you have a revelation of the word? See, this is what this is what I gotta meditate on, this is what I gotta chew on. Do I have a revelation that I'm convinced of? So when I when I when I come in contact with a Muslim and they may be able to taste something. That's different than what my, what my God tells me. Am I able to stand with conviction because I've wrestled with the word and the Holy Spirit has given me something what's inside my soul that no matter, what, no matter what school may say, no matter what Darwin's evolution may say, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is real, that Jesus is real, and that he is the very living word of God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. What is that? That is Zoe life. It's it's abundant life. John 10:10, 10, 10, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Right? If you go read in Genesis, when they created Adam and Eve, they said they were just there. But after God breathed into them the breath of life, they became a living soul. We're all walking around as dead zombies. Until the Father fills us and breathes into us the breath of life which makes our spirit comes alive. So my question is this, because I'm trying to, are you operating in the abundant life? Or is it like, do we treat Jesus like I treat my car? Give an example. What do you mean by that? Do you ever drive? and the light comes on, and you keep driving because you say, I got 40 more miles before I gas up. (laughs) Why y'all laughing? Look, I'm trying to be serious. See, y'all laughing? Why we laughing? See, that's how it is when you live from Sunday to Sunday. And the only time you get with Jesus and you chill with God and you allow him to feed your soul and feed your spirit is when you come on Sunday morning. And then you're coming in on Sunday. Ooh, I'm so long. E. And then if they don't sing the right song. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, church wasn't good today because they didn't sing the right song. Oh, that word, that word wasn't for me today. Because you're expecting man to fill a void that only God can fulfill. John is wanting you to know, don't build your gospel on man. Build your gospel on the revelation of the word of God. Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God for all things came into being through him and nothing came into being that has come into being. And in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in darkness. and The darkness did not comprehend it. What's your revelation of the word here today? This is what we got to meditate on. This is what we gotta chew on. Do you believe that the word is God? No. Hold on, hold on. If you believe that the word is God, what's his status in your life? What's his status? What's because Jesus, Jesus will never be a side piece. He, he will never be second never that's why when he says this in Luke 6 46 he says why do you call me Lord Lord and do not do what I say Lord means master means numero uno you the boss you the papi you're the one in control you call the shots So we all got to do inventory. We believe that the word is God. But what is his status in our life? And then number two is this. Am I, do I have a conviction? Do I believe that Jesus has the ultimate authority? Jesus is the answer to my loneliness that Jesus is the answer to the wounds and the brokenness within my soul and because he is not bound by what I'm going through that means he has the authority to speak into and to change do I have that conviction Number three is this. Am I operating in the abundant life that comes through him? That word Zoe means a life of substance. That I see in my life there's some substance. I'm being fulfilled. That I'm growing and I'm becoming more and more whole in him. That's what we got to meditate on. That's what we got to chew on. That's that's what we got to ask God to search our hearts. Because we want to prosper. We want to succeed. But we got to meditate on it. There's a song, He it says, it, it, it goes like, it says, uh, bread of heaven, send down from glory. Oh, y'all know it, huh? Many things you were on earth, a holy king, a carpenter, you are. Now, before we keep singing, I want everyone to close our eyes. This third service, we, we ain't got no, we ain't have another service, so we can just, we can just go for it. I need us to close our eyes. Now, remember we talked about, it. I said, remember we was, even everybody eyes closed, remember we was talking about the whole meditation. It's prayer. It's repentance, it's obeying, it's believing that conviction and out of this should bring about an expression. Jesus is the living word. The living word with the ultimate status authority. He's the giver of abundant life. The question that you have to ask yourself today Is the Word, because the Word is alive, but is it alive in your heart? Is it alive in your soul? As we think on that, I just want you to meditate and chew on that, and then out of that, if He is, let's express gratitude, gratefulness, Praise, worship, because the living word has done a lot for me. Like, I, I, there's no way I can come into his presence and be silent. After all that he's done for me and continues to do for me, more than what I deserve, he deserves a praise. He deserves a song. He deserves a tear. He deserves a smile. He deserves a lifting of the hands because he pulled me out. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Summit Worship Center pastored by Eric and Andrea Moore. For more information, please visit www.summitworshipcenter.org.